0: Welcome back to the Stick'Em Up Podcast. Brundy, how are you doing? Um, not the greatest. Um, that, that is very fair. The, the Sharks are in the worst possible spot they could ever imagine be being, and it's just sad. It's, it's not easy right now. Yeah, they are. they're like my West Coast team, just because you cheer for them, and like, even for me to watch him is freaking tough. Like it, I can't imagine like it's good God, man. <laughs> like it, it's, it, it's I, honestly just terrible. Like it's embarrassing to watch. There's, I mean, there's like numerous issues with the team. Um, I mean, I, I've kind of made it very clear. I've never been a big fan of uh, dairy queen, David Quinn uh is the head coach and I mean the, the fact that they've just lost two games in a row by allowing ten goals um losing one to Vancouver and then ten to two to Pittsburgh he said he's not even worried about his job security like
1: yeah he's just it's, not it's just a nightmare he, there
0: is he he's he is good at getting veteran teams into the playoffs and getting some results but he's not Good at growing young talent, which is what this is whole season is about for him. Yeah, and I, I mean, even um, like the Sharks aren't a great team. Like the roster they've put out is by no means a, a good NHL roster right now. Um, but but the fact that they're they've now tied the NHL record for most losses to start a season. You're averaging now because they got two goals tonight for the second time this season, they're now averaging just barely over one goal per game through their first eleven games. Um yeah. like it, it's just it's embarrassing and something needs to to change. Like I I legitimately think that uh like even if it was uh even if you guys did still tie the league record for most losses to start a season even if you did tie that even if just if the games went differently i think it would be a lot more fine but it's the fact that what so what are you guys after tonight up to like 1.1 maybe 1.2 goals a game it's not even that it's like 1.075 or something yeah, I remember like about it's, it's week, week half ago seeing that you guys were at the bottom of the league with like one point three goals a game. Uh, and at that point, I was like, "Wow, it is way too far into the season for that." And somehow, it's gone down after like four or five more games. So I actually scored on like crazy. like it's like it's, I actually tweeted it brutal. out on. Uh, on Thursday during the Vancouver game, because at one point it was it was ten nothing, and then San Jose scored with like five minutes left or something to make it ten one. Um, but I tweeted out in that moment, assuming because I, I really didn't think the Sharks were, were going to get a goal. I thought they were going to lose at least ten nothing because that's what the score was, or maybe more. Yeah. Um, but I but I tweeted out it at that moment in that single game the Vancouver Canucks have scored more goals than the Sharks have through their first 10 games of the season yeah like that's just it, it at a professional level that's just embarrassing in in every way yeah that's that's absolutely insane how many how many points does a uh, hurdle have compared to total goals on the team do you know like well, what, do you, what do you mean exactly Because like the team has like how many goals at this point like 11 12 Eleven. How many points does Hurdle have? Like he's probably got will have like, done most of them. Um, after tonight, oh, Hurdle actually got two assists on yeah, their two goals. Goals again. So out of their eleven total goals, Hurdle has uh five points. No, well, seven. Sorry. Yeah, like that's. Yeah, he's he's trying his like, best, but that's like. Even even though you guys don't have a good roster, being this bad can't just be on the roster. Like, and and that's the thing though is like you got to think about it. The Sharks were like they weren't a good team last year, but they still. I mean, they put up the least amount of wins in the league, but they had what was it? I think they had twenty wins and like sixteen overtime losses or something. Like, they were still winning games and. Almost 50% of the time they're losing, they're at least pushing it to past regulation. The games competitive the, in yeah, manner. Like and you can't tell me the biggest difference now is I mean, I know like Eric Carlson was, you know, on another level last season, but really the only major difference from last year's team um, going from the trade deadline to the end of the season. Um, the only difference really is Carlson's gone. And you can make the argument that their forward core is actually better, bringing in guys like Duclair, uh, Zadina, Hoffman, Granlund, who have all been very bad. Unfortunately, yeah, it I mean, is it is well, better like, from the, 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 the team deadly. on paper. Is like that like you can't tell me that Eric Carlson made that much of a difference to take the Sharks from a a, a mediocre team that could still at least make games competitive and is still. To going 010 and one to start the season and you lose back to back games allowing double digit goals, like. And they got shut out in back to back games earlier in the season. Yeah, just two games prior. Like to those. Yeah, so it's And if Carlson is that big of a difference, then he should have at the very least been in the final three for Hart trophy voting. Because like that's that's a massive change in like the sharks weren't great last year by any means, but they were in these games, and they they haven't. It's been a while since they've been in a, in a game or even close to it. Like, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. It's just and embarrassing. Like anyone who's watched the games, just it's it's a complete embarrassment. Just even watching it and being like, I this I is think a team was... in the best hockey league in the world, and this is what we're getting. It's like, yeah. It was embarrassing for the Sharks for a long time, and it's getting to the point where it's embarrassing for the NHL, it feels like. It, I think it was after the 10th goal to make it 10 nothing in the Vancouver game. They showed a kid with a, a Sharks jersey and a big that, sign, and he was like yeah. six years old, and it said... That, that was uh, after the second sh- period. I'm at my first Sharks game. Yeah, that was like... at the end of the, the second period, and they had the... They had a picture and then underneath they were showing the little update thing and it was like second intermission, eight nothing and it's like, fuck, like, kid's first ever Sharks game. He's probably at home in bed by the start of the third period. Like, fuck, man, just that's just embarrassing. Just sucks so bad, man. It'll break your heart. Yeah, there's there's nothing good to say about the team. I I would hope something at least somewhat turns around just because it's. How I mean, it probably wouldn't be drastically different, but how different would it feel on the season as a whole if you guys could have held out and got that shutout, one nothing against the Avs earlier in the year? Oh, and that's that's a thing, right? Is could have been very drastically different. Um, there's just a whole bunch of things, like I think. Uh, Couture going out at the start of the season, like, well, not in training camp, so he hasn't even played yet. I think yeah. also is, a, like, it's a huge blow to the offense in he's general probably- and the defense because he's a good he's defensive. Forward. Like, yeah, def- and defensive forward. And just your captain in general, I think also is is huge. But yeah, no, I, I do think back to that Colorado game and just think if they hung on and Blackwood got that, like, 50-plus save shutout and, you know, they, they beat the Avs, like... It, yeah it could have just done absolute wonders for that team and changed so many things but here we are they're they're and one and uh i don't think their game's coming up are any easier i don't think it gets easier going forward either yeah i know a lot of people are at the point where they're they're saying like it's it's just gonna keep being bad but there there's a reason we've never seen a team go 0-82 right Like they are going to win a game eventually and they're going to win a couple eventually. And I I already see a bunch of people saying like they're like, I mean, legitimately right now they're, they are breaking records for advanced stats and whatnot to start season for being so bad. But I already see people saying like, this is easily going to finish the worst team in NHL history. Like either points percentage wise or win wise. And that's not going to happen. Uh, like, it's a terrible start, but, you know, the, the record, I think it's Washington has the records. Washington, I, I believe, in like, what is it, the 72, 73 ser- uh, years, something like that. I, it was like their expansion year or one of those years. I think they had seven wins on the year, is what it was. It was definitely single digits. Yeah, you know, like, I think it was like nine wins or eight wins or something. There and and they also had ties back then but uh, they're, the sharks are going to pick up more, at least 10 wins i would imagine like it's pretty hard to imagine them not yeah so washington went them. 8 8 67 and 5 Jeez, so the sharks, sharks five the, sharks, the sharks are the sharks are going to finish with more than 20 points or 21 points at the end of the season And they're going to win more than eight games. Like, yeah, there's no NHL team, regardless of what you put out there. They're not losing 70 plus games in regulation.
1: Like, yeah. Anyways,
0: let's move on from that dumpster fire. Yeah. I I almost asked you before we went live, if uh, you even wanted to talk about it. So I'm glad. I felt like we had to, cause it's, Like like I said, it's just embarrassing. So, yeah, something's got to change. I think, if anything, it's got to at least just start with, you know, thanks, David Quinn, for, you know, being a stud that prospects want to come and play for. See, they wanted to come to San Jose, but it's just, he's got to go. It's time to move on, literally, to anyone else and just try to have some kind of culture change. Yeah, probably not going to happen because... They're buddies and all, but I think that's just at least where it has
1: to start. Yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> um, before we, before um, so you we're... were gone, okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. That's uh, exactly where I was uh, going to. I was just going to say that. Uh, oh, uh, for those who didn't listen to the last uh, podcast, uh, I was out for the last ten-ish days uh, down in Tampa uh me and my wife uh for our one year anniversary went on our official honeymoon. So hoop, hoop. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh so yeah, that was that was awesome, but I'm back now and we're going to be probably putting out another podcast fairly quickly after this one, probably bef- another one before ne- this upcoming Friday if I had to guess. Um Yeah. I did say I was gonna I was gonna take some pictures and stuff and uh, get some stuff up on our uh, socials. Unfortunately, uh, just you know, just vacation, right? Honeymooning. Yeah, Scott. no. Yeah, no. That's that's totally but, fair. But uh, I did wanna I did wanna share a couple of things uh, from the trip. Yo, I was just about to ask you to kind of go over some of the, the, the highlights. Yeah. So uh, uh, one of the really cool things was uh, just getting to see, like, see Amelie Arena in person. Absolutely gorgeous arena. Like, inside now yeah. was fantastic. Um, I don't have much to compare it to because we live in Calgary and the Saddle Dome is the dome, the the dome baby. <laughs> the dome. But, like, we chunks sad- of concrete fall randomly off the roof. We were sitting in, like, the upper bowl, and they, we had frickin' sick leather seats with these big, like, tons of legroom, as if we were in a movie theater. Absolutely massive, state-of-the-art Jumbotron. Uh, their Jumbotron, when the away team takes penalties, has, like, a face cam in the top left corner that shows a live feed of the away team's player being in the penalty box for the full two minutes of every penalty. And I want every team in the league to immediately start doing this. That that's, just is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me a picture. That. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it was... Just adds, adds a little more fun up there on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Especially with how like, big they're getting now. like the size of some jumbotrons is just nuts like it almost goes blue like some of them are basically blue line to blue line like it's crazy it was probably pretty close to that and like but it's wider but it's not going down so it doesn't block any view of the ice imagine imagine a jumbotron like some of those big ones now when you're at the dome up in like the nosebleeds yeah like imagine one of those like you you wouldn't be able to see half the game but it might be nice. I love to do the dome, school though. School I love the there. dome, but Cause like, <laughs> it's so bad. Because, like, in most places in the Saddle Dome, you can't really watch the game much on the Jumbotron. If you're no. anywhere in the arena, you can watch the action on the ice on that Jumbotron. It's just such a massive screen that you can see it from anywhere, which was really nice for, you know, it only happened once or twice, but when you were coming back from the getting a drink bathroom whatever and plays going on so everyone's like waiting for a pl- stoppage in play to go to their seats you can still see even if you can't look down onto the ice because from the hallways you can see the jumbotron yeah and so that was that was pretty cool but like yeah just the entire you know was awesome they got the statue of Phil Esposito out front okay yeah, it's probably probably gonna have a stammer one going up in a, in a, sometime in the next decade, right beside it. Yeah, but yeah, saying Saint that Louis was, have one or no?
1: Uh,
0: no, I don't believe so. Yeah. Huh. Maybe we'll get one in Montreal one day, huh? Uh, he he might honestly, <laughs> if uh, if Cole Caulfield can score sixty or something, and then they win a cup. If if they can learn how to draft. Um. Aside from that, uh, you did meet at least one player on on the bolts. Yep, I got to see pretty much every current player. Uh, leave the arena. We went out when they were leaving the practice, and we got to see like all of them leave. Even Vasi was there. Oh, um, nice. The only guys uh that really stopped because you know. They do this every day. Where uh, Darren Radish stopped, uh, Victor Hedman stopped, and Braden Point stopped, and all super nice dudes. Oh, sorry, and uh, Jonas Johansson also stopped. dude Fantasy Legend, he, no he, number one in our league right now. Number yeah, one player in the league, yeah. right up there with Frank Vitrano. Yeah, that that's awesome though that those guys stopped. Uh, say hi to the fans and and whatnot, like that means a lot to the fans. And I'm sure it's, you know, not, you know, some times probably not the player's favorite thing to do to, you know, want to stop and spend however long signing stuff and socialize them. But, you know, the guys that go out of the way to to do it or, and, you know, like, like you said, Braden point earlier and makes a consistent effort to continue continuously do it for the fans. I I think that's just awesome. And that says a lot about, you know, the type of, not not even the player, just the type of person he is alone. Like, that's that's just awesome stuff. Yeah, like I was uh, I was telling I was telling Brundy before uh, we went live that Braden Point, like all the guys waiting outside were like telling me beforehand, like he's the one guy, you know, will stop to say hi, shake your hand, sign stuff, whatever. And he absolutely did. He was like he right away pulled over and like he's just. He was just he's just happy to interact with the fans. It's it's awesome to see like just a super humble dude. I told him that we were coming down from Calgary and he was he was asking me like what part of Calgary? He was like asking what we were down for. Like he was he was super friendly. It was awesome. Yeah. That that's awesome to hear though when when guys are like that. Uh was yeah. there there anything else
1: that You had for- Oh,
0: i mean it, it was a great trip uh, i i'm struggling to come down with specific things um there were there was a lot of uh a lot more tampa bay lightning stuff around the entire city than i thought there would be because you know in america you know especially because tom brady played there like the buccaneers yeah, are absolutely tom massive. brady um yeah. like the rays are big the rays are big but like there was. I don't pr- think they have more lightning NBA stuff than, than either of those teams. Just around the city that I saw, like yeah, to be fair, they went back they, to back. All their street lamps have like on one side they've got a banner of one guy and a banner on the other of another guy, and there was there was more frickin Nick Paul posters up there than there were for anyone on the on the Rays or on the Buccaneers. Like it was kind of wild hmm that, that's cool though like that's that's awesome and especially because yeah, like a lot of people still kind of think uh you know that you know tampa bay is not like a traditional like uh hockey market or anything but like they're they continuously keep proving that it 100 percent it is there so yeah that's awesome like, though there was one day that we were walking around i think we were walk- we were walking somewhere for we were going to get food it was like it was like nine forty in the morning, and I was wearing uh one of my Tampa Bay shirts. And a guy saw that I was wearing the Tampa Bay shirt, and he just like yelled at me from across the street, like, "Yo, when when's the game tonight?" And I told him, you know, it's it's seven p.m. or whatever. And he was he was just excited that there was a game that day. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, like, that's awesome." It's not even ten in the morning, and some random dude on a random street in Florida is just like, "Yo, when's the game?" Like, yeah, they, that that city is a lot more into it than I thought. Cause you know, it obviously, it's just so easy to hear, you know, uh, people in the States, you know, even though it's uh one of the big four sports, but a lot of people don't follow hockey, but yeah. at, le- at the very least in Tampa, people were all about it. That's awesome. There was, there was honestly a decent amount of other hockey fans there as well. Like there was quite a few Boston jerseys, uh, Quite a few Toronto jerseys, more than I thought I would see going to the states from Canada. But oh, like, really? I it was one of the more popular ones. There was quite a few Dallas Stars ones. Like there was, there was some people repping some NHL stuff. I was surprised.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool though. Like that's that's kind yeah, of stuff you awesome. want to see when you go down there. Absolutely. But um yeah, Good got there's a lot,
0: I don't know, I don't know where to start. Where do we start? Well, there's not a lot, but there's just a couple, like, kind of big things. Uh, do, we, do we start with the rough news, because it kind of transitions yeah. Into, yeah, uh, well. into the league?
1: Yeah. Yeah, might you as well. well. Do you want to
0: take threats me. on this one? <laughs> I, I don't want to, I can, I don't want to. Just trying just trying to save my voice a little um uh, yeah i can um i mean you know i don't i think we already kind of discussed we're not gonna go too in deep on it we're just because you know there's not much much to say kind of you know everybody it's, kind it's of knows about it than anything I, it, this isn't something yeah. you take a stance on it's just news really yeah. yeah but uh so former pittsburgh penguins player adam johnson um passed away about a week ago um playing over in the EIHL for the Nottingham Panthers uh just a really you know scary incident uh skate comes up and caught him in the neck and uh yeah, unfortunately he didn't make it there's it's just a terrible situation for just everyone like uh, it was awful yeah and I Obviously, it's horrible for Adam Johnson, his family, anyone close to him. But one thing yeah. that I haven't seen reported a ton is that this was uh, apparently like uh, their second biggest game of the year, like excluding stuff like playoffs. Apparently, this team has like a grudge match, like kind of like a Labor Day Classic type thing. They do this with uh, whatever whichever team they were playing every year right before Halloween. And so, I believe the incident happened partway through the second period. And yeah, after true, the second yeah. period is when all the kids do, like, a a teddy bear toss. I'm not sure if it's actually teddy bears, but something similar. I think they have, like, foam pucks, and they all throw them on the ice, and, like, you, they would have bought them previously, and the money goes to charity and stuff like that. So, there's a lot of kids in the crowd as well. Oh, I didn't even know that. So... Um. And uh, it, oh, it sounds like it was like a, a really oh. it was a family event kind of bring your family out to this thing. So it's like, yeah, it's it's somehow even more tragic than it appears on the surface, which looking at it from the outside seems impossible. Yeah. Um, I mean, but oh, I didn't even know about it. Wow. Yeah. Um. Luckily, it seems like there is some good news coming from it in that many leagues, teams, and players are, start, are either starting to wear or leagues are mandating uh, mandatory neck guard wearing. Uh, the WHL yeah. has already made it mandatory to wear neck guards. Um, I, I want to say the QMJHL, but they, that might have been something else that they implemented. I might be confusing them, uh, banning fights uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I know that like um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, AHL team and ECHL team are implementing mandatory neck guards. Uh, yeah. A couple leagues over in Europe have like, it, it's, it's slowly starting to grow. Um, it's gaining. I, 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 I don't know if the NHL is ever going to, do that i hope they do i imagine they'll grandfather it in similar to wearing a helmet visors stuff like that yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking My opinion: this is a big enough thing that they need to just be like starting next season everyone wears them if you don't like it play do something else and also the thing is is like teams can still like go out of their way to not make it just like a plain black neck or something they can do something cool with them you know, to go with the yeah. the team's, you know, jersey or whatnot. Like, it doesn't Toronto have to be put, like... Toronto could put milk on it. They could put TikTok on there. Yeah, like, it's, it, if, if you're Ottawa, you can put uh, Bet99 and then have one of your players get suspended for betting. Like, you can do multiple <laughs> things with with them. So, I, I really do think that it's not terrible. Like, the NHL should do it because, again, above all else, player safety is number one. Yeah. Like, and I, uh, that's what's most important. So do what needs to be done, whether you like it or not. Like, and I don't see a reason why not to like it. I, I saw somebody say out this online and I, I really, I never looked at it this way, but I completely agree. Like people look at it like it's hockey equipment, right? These guys are paid to do this for a living. At this point, it is literally PPE. This is like personal protection equipment. I yeah, I think that's what it stands for. I don't know for sure, but it this is literally like the same as like somebody working with asbestos wearing a mask. Like this is they're taking a risk going out there doing their thing, they need the proper equipment to protect themselves. And yeah, yeah it should absolutely be be mandated and hopefully the player association will uh look into that. Uh, as well if the league doesn't when they negotiate their next contract yeah yeah um, so tonight uh, a couple hours ago I just finished watching the uh, Tampa versus Ottawa game and I believe it was Claude Giroux was wearing a neck guard I noticed oh okay I believe who's yeah like it, a, f- a few players have started to in in games and practices like it's obviously again like the NHL, NHL Carson, or T.J. Oshie Chab, I, I believe yeah, they haven't made it mandatory, but some players are just taking it upon themselves to start doing it, just for themselves, which I think is awesome. Yeah, it sounds like there's been quite a few teams that have ordered a large amount of them for their players, so they're, like, providing them, which is really good. Um, yeah. It sounds like a lot of players are trying out the, the, like, undershirts that have the built-in neck guard. I, oh, I yeah. personally use them, so I don't know if they're better or worse, the same, but... A- anything better than than just being like completely exposed neck, other than your shoulder pads, like is a win. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So I mean, yeah, like
0: like you said, there there is good that's coming out of what's just a horrible situation. Uh, I, I, like hopefully, nothing like this you know ever happens to any player in in any league like not even just professionally but you know at the amateur yeah. junior level like you know just I mean it's you know if, even if it's uncomfortable or something just again wear a neck guard because it can make all the difference when you know because hockey's a fast game like you know anyone that thinks oh something's happening like I'm quick enough or something like a freak accidents can happen and the game is played so fast. Like, yeah, it, it, it's already fast enough in a sport where you're running around. Like football looks fast with the way they're running around. Now these guys are gliding on ice, like they're going two, three times as fast. It, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Like, so you got to yeah. protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, there's a lot going on with the Ottawa Senators currently. They got a lot that's gone on the last last little bit here. Oh yeah. Uh, so obviously the the big one, the, well the the first domino to fall for them, um, Shane Pinto was banned forty one games for gambling. Um, reports are he wasn't even betting on hockey or anything. He was betting on other sports. Still get suspended for it. You know they have again, like I mentioned bet 99 sponsored on their helmets you've got commercials of you know matthews and mcdavid and gretzky chris pronger all endorsing gambling come do it come to our site and a player says okay i'm gonna gamble on something that's not even hockey and they get suspended 41 games like it's it makes no sense to me yeah, that's uh, interesting. I had not heard that it was. Uh, he was betting on other sports. All I heard was that he wasn't betting on game NHL games. So I was wondering if he maybe was betting on like like futures, like if he was betting on you know the, the awards, you know Bedard to win the Calder, McDavid to win the Art Ross or something. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It if, sounds like it was nothing hockey related. If it's not hockey-related, that's, that's stupid. Like, it has nothing to do with the NHL. Like, even, yeah. uh, even if it was something like uh, betting on McDavid to win the heart, I I would want something done about that, because he might be persuaded to let McDavid burn him if they're in a game or something. Like, anything NHL-related in any way should be banned. But if he if he's betting on a freaking if he's taking a the over in the Eagles Cowboys game, it has nothing to do with Which the slam. Slam the over on that. By the way,
1: <laughs> I don't know if slam this episode will be over. out
0: in time in time for that that game. But like, slam the over. Like that's not even a question. Um. But yeah, no. Like I completely agree. If it's not non NHL related in any way, like. And again, I think the dumbest thing is just you know, if you're going to do it, if you you bet on anything, you're suspended. Okay, fine. But stop using your big market players, your your biggest names in the league and pushing them to to do all these betting commercials and then continue to show them. But like, you can't have need... your top guys advertise for betting and then punish your players for doing it. Like, didn't they make it uh, so that the Active players can no longer do that? Or was that was that a government of Canada thing? That's just in Ontario. That's an Ontario thing. Okay. In Ontario they they can't show um like athletes, I think it is in gambling. Or might just be NHL players, I'm not sure. But which is funny because all like the major US sports books that come to Canada all go to Ontario. They start in Ontario yeah. and see if there's a market, and then if so, then they kind of expand Branch so out. but like right. ontario's like yeah we don't want this so but like yeah in all other provinces as far as i know at least in alberta it's still still fine oh good i don't want i just don't weird. Want to be taking like, food out of mcdavid's mouth or anything yeah exactly because it sure ain't putting pucks in the net um nope. god edmonton's having a rough start to the year man dude they, they are and I, I can't I think- even pinpoint what it is. I, I mean, I, I mean it's weird because we did our season predictions like what three weeks ago, and I had Jay Woodcroft picked for the the Jack Adams uh, Coach of the Year. And now I honestly think the Oilers might need to start look at maybe parting ways with him if things continue. Yeah. Like, this is a good team, and I mean, yeah, the goaltending sucked, and so that's why I say nothing's really Ken Holland's fault. I think he made good moves in the offseason to make the team better, and even when they're struggling, he goes out and uh, brings in Sam Gagne brings him back for a third time. Gagne goes out there's first game, two goals. Like, Ken Holland is doing what he can to make the team better, and it's, it's not. Yeah, like he is, he is putting in the work and he put in the work last year when he went out and got a guy like Matthias Sackholm and finally, for the first time in the McDavid Dreisaitl era, gave up a first round pick at the deadline to improve the team. Uh, Stuart Skinner, I mean, he's looked great last year. He's, yeah, and Stuart Skinner was great last year. So it was like, okay, they finally got a goalie at least. And Jack Campbell can be a serviceable backup. They both suck. They're both awful right now. Yeah, like to start out is it, as bad as they are. It's at some point I think if it just continues, you you got to make some kind of change. And you I do don't something. think I don't think Ken Holland's the guy to blame. So if he's not, it's the guy behind the bench, Jay Woodcroft. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because if. Could you imagine if the Oilers didn't make the playoffs this year? Yeah. Like, if they just missed the playoffs outright? Like, I'm just pulling up uh, the Oilers cap-friendly right now, but, like, there's not a lot of time left on Dreisaitl and then after, the year after that, McDavid.
1: Well, it's also the contracts. thing,
0: it's like, and again, it goes back to that thing of of people saying like oh you know if the oilers go up first round or miss the playoffs mcdavid and dry are are gonna want out and all these other people are saying oh Mc, mcdavid dry sidle wouldn't do it. like they've they've said they've committed to oilers they're they're staying it's like how long can you say that for like dry saddle is going to be 28 this upcoming offseason mcdavid's going to be 27 like they're they're in their primes they're Maybe with McDavid, he's not even reached his peak. But it's like they're playing some of the best hockey you're ever going to get out of them. And to be missing the playoffs potentially is like, at some point, they just got to be like, it's a lost cause. I kind of similar to Tavares. It's like I, I put yeah. in the work here for, you know, 10 years. I gave my everything. I did everything I could. It's just not working out. And I, I just need to move on. Yep. And you know what? Oilers fans might be, be irate and be like, oh, Trader, you bailed on us. I think every other fan on all 31 other teams would be like, yeah, I I respect that. Like, you, you couldn't do much more than what you did. Yeah. So, like, what? They're doing everything they can to drag this team to relevancy. <laughs> And if they were to miss the playoffs, unless Drysaitel only cares about money, like unless McDavid comes up to him and says, "I'm one thousand percent. I bet my life on it. Going to extend." Unless McDavid does that, why would Sidle extend? He he should wait till UFA and see if McDavid extends first, and then he can come back. Because like, yeah, if not, it's like. If they can't win with us, if they can't even make the playoffs with us, how are we going to win the cup? So, might as well yeah. go to another team. Like a guy, a guy of their caliber, it I it obviously wouldn't happen because they want to make money. Who doesn't, right? They'll like you yeah. got to make money so you could because hockey players don't play much past forty, and they play to forty if they're lucky. You so you yeah. got to make your money while you can, but like. It would be it would be wild to see a player, you know, the caliber of a dry or a McDavid. They hit their UFA year, they're twenty-seven, uh, twenty-nine, something like that. And they just just dry sidle signs with Colorado for nine fifty K for one year. And he just says, Alright, let's get me my fucking cup ring, and then I'll go make my bank elsewhere again. Yeah. Like there's no there's no way it ha it happens, right? But like well, like that, would, do that I, would be wild to see league minimum Connor McDavid go absolutely tear shit up yeah. on Vegas or something, just because he's like, I just want to get this fucking thing out of the way. Let's win the cup and then. See, but I, yeah, I mean, I, it won't happen because I think guys, like I think they have a little bit too much pride. But it's like, I, do I, I see them, uh, you know, if, say they missed the playoffs, which isn't even crazy to say, um. Do I think they ask for a trade? No. I think if anything, it's just ride it out if they decide to go ahead and trade me because I'm not signing. Fine, whatever. But I I think they would just end up walking and they would just hit free agency. Absolutely. Um, I don't think either are asking for a trade. And I view it very similar to uh, Tavares, again, when he left the Islanders and went to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he always said the right things and said, you know, don't trade me. I want to stay here on the Islanders. But I think in the back of his mind, he already knew, well, he he clearly knew Toronto wanted him. He wanted to go to Toronto. And I think, you know, for some players, especially those who want to win, they kind of just sit there and observe it and look, and look at it as, do I say, yeah, trade me, I want to go to Toronto and think of if he's getting traded to you know, sign in a, say, eight-year deal with the Islanders to be traded to the Toronto. you got to look at all, of, you know, those picks, prospects, players that are going to go back to the Islanders. That makes Toronto worse when, again, he just goes to free agency, goes and signs there, and they don't have to give up any assets for him. Yeah. Um, but, a- again, I just don't see a world where McDavid and Dry Side will you know, say, trade me, I I want out. I don't think they're ever going to say I want out. I I think if anything, it's going to be, you know, that 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. free agency period begins. They haven't signed. I think then that's, you know, and they just kind of walk away and go do their own thing. But something's got to change there because they're running out of time right now. I yeah, completely agree. And yeah, it that would just be such a drastic shift. It'd be wild to see. But these guys, they they they're competitive. They want to freaking win. And for a while now, it's maybe not a consensus, but a lot of people have them as the one and two players in the league. To to even yeah. have a conversation about that. And miss the playoffs. I mean, so we're we're what ten, eleven games of the season. It's a bit of an overreaction, but they are they have not looked good. But again, and like we said, miss- you start off bad, it's it's hard to climb up, especially when. Uh, I mean, I, I think Anaheim's going to fall off, but when I mean Vegas is on a tear, LA starting off hot, Vancouver starting off hot, like, you know, it, 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 just it's got it just got another win tonight. Tough. Yeah. Like, if if you told me, I don't even know how many they've won. I don't think like if you told me to start, you know, the NHL season 10 games in, you know, if you said San Jose's 32, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. If you told me they lost 11 straight, I'd be like, oh, that's that's tough. But if you told me that 31 was going to be Edmonton, like, yeah, I would have been like, there's there's no way unless McDavid Drysettle didn't suit up for a single game. Uh, I picked him to win the cup this year in our predictions. Like, yeah, that's crazy that they're that bad, even with McDavid missing two games. I think he might've yeah. come back a bit early as well to try to make he the Hedge Classic. For, yeah. I, I, I really do think he pushed it a little bit. And you know what? I get it. Like he wanted to, uh, you know, he wanted to come back and play in that, you know, it's kind of a, almost kind of like a once in a lifetime experience, really. Uh, so, I totally get that. But he even could have came back for that game and then, you know, took a week off still if he needed to, to to get back up to 100% or something. Yeah. Like, I don't think he need to force himself right back into, you know, playing 20 plus minutes every night and carrying the entire team on his back pretty much when he's not 100%. And it's, again, is he going to even ever get up to 100% if he doesn't take that little bit of time to properly heal and, and whatnot. Yeah. He, a player of that caliber, like you can't, especially over a week-to-week injury, you can't risk it being a big fucking thing. You got to just make sure that you're good, you're healthy, fully recovered, and then get back. Especially see, the now, the now they've, like, reached, they've reached the problem, though, where they started off so bad and they're trying to play catch up and they're like, shit, can we now afford to You know, need them now? have McDavid sit out and potentially lose six in a row here and now we're there's no chance we can make the playoffs. Like they're kind of forced to like you gotta you gotta play him now. That that the ship has kind of already sailed on him taking that extra week off if he needed to, to heal up. Yeah. Yeah it's a rough situation for them and it'll it'll be interesting to see how it uh, shakes out. Maybe you know maybe they turn around and just like that, all of a sudden they're the Oilers of last year and they're completely fine. Their power play is scoring more than a third of the time and everything's dandy. Like overnight with players like that, it could change, but so far it's looked rough. Yeah. Um, so we probably, I think we've only kind of got for this one, at least I think we've only kind of got one more, um, Thing to discuss. I think it's probably kind of the biggest one because I think there's not only what happened, but what happened after that, and then the whole controversy around numerous things. Uh, but the Ottawa Senators, um, for their role in the Evgeny Dadonov trade, where they sent him to the Vegas Golden Knights, um, they are now required to forfeit a first round pick either this year, uh, the following year, so the 2025 draft, or the Year after that, the twenty twenty six draft, right? And there, there's a like a a lot with all of this, like it's a whole whole huge thing now. Yep. And uh, on top of that, so after that came out, they fired their general manager, right? Well, he stepped down. So basically, it was kind of like one. He they gave him the chance. I'm to step assuming. Down before yeah, I'm assuming it's kind of like. Fire him. You you step down and save face rather than us firing you type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, which happened like immediately after it. Um, so basically just to kind of sum up what happened for anyone who maybe isn't fully aware of the situation, uh, the Ottawa Senators in July um, of 2021, they traded Evgeny Dadanov. To the Vegas Golden Knights. And I believe the return was a third round pick. Um, and Ottawa did not send in the paperwork. They did not let Vegas know about Dadanov's modified no trade clause and what the teams were that were on his no trade list. Uh, a couple years later, well, about a year and a half later, um, Vegas tried to trade Dadanov to Anaheim. Um, it was right during the trade deadline. Vegas was trying to just clear up cap space and they made the trade. It was put through the deadline hits. Trades are done. And then it's comes out that Dadnov had Anaheim on his no trade list. And so then the trade was canceled. Uh, The league said, no Dadnov goes back to Vegas and the deadlines already passed. They can't move him. And they were stuck with him. And so Ottawa for not, again, I think it's kind of weird because I couldn't easily click three buttons on a website and I can find out that dadanov had a modified no trade clause. The details, okay, sure, that's one thing, but I knew that he, that he had it. It sounds um, like Ottawa thought that his no trade clause was void. I believe I believe they thought it was void because they made either uh, Dadanov or his agent made some error in submitting the uh, no trade teams list. But I guess they were just mistaken because clearly it yeah. was still in play. And the, and the, I mean there is multiple things to it. Like I know a lot of people say, like okay, yeah, like it's it's some people don't like uh, the reason it's kind of a big deal is because I really do think. That I don't think Vegas would have given up as a third round pick like they did um, for Dadnov if they knew potentially. Like they could have maybe said, like, hey, but like, hey, this guy's got this, which could maybe kind of handicap us if we want to move him. So say, let's do a fifth round pick or something like that. Um, but, a- anyways, so now because of that whole thing, Ottawa's forced to give up a first round pick either in one of the three upcoming drafts, which that's, that's tough, especially when you're a team, you know, that's really trying to contend now and it sucks that Dorian really actually put in the work and has drastically improved this team over the last couple years. Um, and he, he's now out the door and now you're forced to give up one of your first round picks in the in the next three years. Like that's, not only can you get good prospects, like that's that's the, those are good trading chips at the deadline if you're trying to yeah. improve your team for a playoff run. Absolutely. It's Yeah, it's a very strange situation all around. It is feels weird to me that the tr- the players no trade list isn't public or not even that it's not public, but the league doesn't know it it's between the player and the team the player their agent and the team it the, like the league themselves doesn't even know who's on the no trade list and other teams don't either and that that feels strange to me like i don't know if that's just an old way of doing it but yeah, yeah i'm not sure why like it it seems like it's something that sh- should be you know, league knowledge and whatnot. And other teams, at least league wide. It yeah, doesn't, at, at least the it's league system like public, like, you know, on cap friendly or anything, but yeah, like, imagine you're trying to make a trade for a player. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're on their You're on the note. There no trade list. And you had like no idea. Like, yeah. And with all of this, I mean, now kind of the big thing <laughs> that, um coming of this is again it goes back to the thing people were clamoring about um for months on end and that's chicago got bedard when a lot of people felt that they should have been forced to you know forfeit a first round pick for what they did when they only got fined two million dollars and for a franchise like the chicago blackhawks two million is nothing how much did they make in the first week of after the draft lottery? Not even after the draft. Dude, they probably already called that jerseys, in Connor Bedard Jersey sales, like, yeah. which is sickening. Like, and it, it just adds to that list now of, uh, Arizona was forced to give up a first and a second round pick for the illegal workouts. They did New Jersey had to give up a first round pick because of that huge Ilya Kovalchuk contract. Odd one else to give up a first for not including a piece of paper. Like I don't know. And again, I you know kind of knew San Jose was never going to get Bedard. So like I was just like, hey, you know what? Whatever. Like if I was a team like say Anaheim who had the worst odds and got screwed, I'd be really fuming about the whole Chicago not giving up a first. But now seeing just the resume that's starting to build of this kind of stuff and how certain teams are punished and not, it's just like, it's just a bad look. Yeah. And it's, it's just so lame. I don't, I don't have much of a better way to put it. It just, it's just fucking stupid that like, like I, I genuinely wonder uh, if, uh, if it was the other way around the complete opposite if, if Evgeny Dadnov went to Ottawa from Vegas, Vegas, this new expansion team, they just won the Cup, a lot of new fans, their arena's so cool, they're making all this money down there, and it's an American team, which we know Bettman loves, and they go, he gets sent to a Canadian team, which we know Bettman traditionally doesn't love, I wonder if they'd be paying the same first-round pick in Vegas. No, they wouldn't. They absolutely yeah. would not. I, I for one, definitely think they would not be paid. They would, the they price. would get a, they would get a, a fine or something, but they would not. They would yeah. not make them forfeit a first, yeah. or, no. or at least it'd be a second round pick or something. Like, it, yeah. It's, it's just, it's weird. Like, I just, I can't, I can't figure out their reasoning or how they think that it's okay to. Yeah, but... I don't know. Like, it's. There's there's no Again, tangible yeah, evidence so change. far that they... There's no tangible evidence of them ever really uh, eating crow because of it. Like, they, they've they never, you know... Something like, when was the last time something like that happened? And then they took a big monetary hit because people were so pissed off. Like, yeah. the closest they got was fairly recently with the Pride tape thing. But even then, that was just people online saying like hey what are you shitheads doing they they never lost a bunch of money on it or anything yeah i think it just adds insult to injury just the fact that these teams are being forced to go up first round picks what chicago did was way way worse i think it's just the fact that it that they got Bedard out of it that they weren't forced to have that card come up and be like oh chicago in the draft lottery but they don't have their first round pick. Like it's just the fact that they got a generational player out of that first round. It's pick like then. they got rewarded for for it. Oh, it's they, like, yeah, it just feels so dirty, and it's it really sucks. Like I don't, I don't want to hate the Blackhawks. I don't, I'm, I don't want to sit here and be like, man, these this. Org sucks, or the league sucks for backing them, or whatever. But like, damn it, they're just just like hold them accountable to a reasonable degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and again, like I don't want to, you know, constant like be like, oh, I'm a I'm a bitter fan and you know dwell on it and whatnot. It's just like it's just a tough look on the league and. Again, like I, I, hope we get to a point where we we don't even have to have these conversations because the league is always doing the right things or handling it the way that that it that should be that at least the majority of people can agree with. Um, that's just kind of the only thing I can really hope for going forward. Like, what's done is done; it, it can't change. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's just kind of hope that yeah. we can get some kind of improvement. Yeah, it's it's just the kind of shit where like a decade ago Brad Aldrich, the guy who perpetrated the rape on Kyle Beach, he was allowed he wasn't fired, he was allowed to step down and then got another job with recommendation from his old boss. And then like a decade uh, after that, a couple years ago uh, all the guys when it all came out, and all those guys were like, they had to go. They didn't get fired. They all got to step down on their own. Stan Bowman and all all the lads, they all get to go on their terms, and they get to they yeah. get their severance, and they they get all the praise for what they've done for the org, and like it just every it's just so much sweeping under the rug, and it's like mm-hmm. I. It's, it's just feels strange. Like why, you know, why, why was this equipment manager? So untouchable that they couldn't just be like, yeah, this guy was a dick. We're cutting him from the team and it, yeah. we're sorry. Like just any remorse. Yeah, exactly. would be Nice. Yeah, no. Yeah. I completely agree. It's again, all we can do is kind of hope for change. Um, at some point, don't know if it's going to happen. If we get it, who knows when. Um, I think that kind of wraps up everything. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to to Ugh. throw in for this one or what we're saving for the next one, but I, I don't got anything as of right now. I mean, not a ton. A couple quick things. I don't know. Braden Point got a hat trick tonight. Frank Vetrano's yeah, yeah. got two on the season. Cheeks just got his third of the season tonight. Um, uh, I think as of right now, still... Jack Hughes leads all forwards in points. Quinn Hughes leads all defensemen in points. And then Luke Hughes leads and too. all rookies in points. Yeah, the well, that's, Hughes, that's pretty cool to Hughes see. The Hughes Brothers triple bet looks really good right about now. Yeah. Got a yeah, lot of games left. Well. But even the fact that it looks that good right now in time is, yeah. re- is really, that's, cool. That's like, really cool. That's really cool. That's awesome. very cool. That's very cool. Like, it's... God, like... Even when it's guys you hate, you know, even if it's even when it's guys like Matt and Brady Kachuk, it's just fun to see brothers doing doing well in the NHL, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's always cool to see stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot more fun when they're likable guys like like the Sedins, but. It's, yeah, yeah, it's super cool and it's cool that uh, Luke and Jack are on the same team as well it'll be interesting to see if uh, those three are ever reunited one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's, again, that's going to be one of those things that's constantly going to be a discussion for the next 20 years is, you know, like, like kind of what we saw with the Stahl brothers, we got uh, Jordan and Eric Stahl together in Carolina for a bit. And then last we got uh, Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl together on, on Florida and they ended up actually playing Carolina in the, the Eastern Finals. So all three brothers were on the same series going against each other. Like, you know, you've now got that potential storyline with the Hughes brothers for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, it's just kind of cool extra things that, you know, people can always kind of wish and hope and that you maybe get to witness one day. Yeah. How, like how cool would it be in a world where, uh, Bedard went to Vancouver and then they made a play trading Pedersen for Jack Hughes straight up. And then they made a move for Luke Hughes and you got like Bedard and the Hughes brothers all in Vancouver or something. That would have been crazy.
1: Dude, that like, some been do. Booking, like, Dude that's
0: like, something Peter Shirelli would do. Dude, that's something Peter Shirelli would try so to do cool. though. The, underratedly, the uh, coolest fucking maneuver ever was in the 99 draft for Vancouver to make m- all the moves, trading all the players and all the picks they could to get the second and third overall pick to get both the Sedin twins. Like, that's... Dude, imagine that's being awesome. a hockey fan oh, at them. the time and being like a Vancouver fan and watching the draft as that unfolds. And like hearing the trades come out and then you're looking and you're like, holy shit, okay, they... They got the one pick, so they're grabbing one of the Sedin's, and it's like, hey, now you got the other. It's like, are they actually going to grab them both? Like, if you were a Canucks fan during that, I would love to hear stories if you have any of that, of of yeah. just witnessing that whole thing unfold because that must have been so cool. That must have been so cool to see. Absolutely. Matt, um, on that, I don't. I know. Did you have anything else? No, I think that's I think that's about it. Right on, right on. Well, that uh, we kind of just reached over the hour mark, which is oh, that is incredibly good. Um, not like the San Jose Sharks who absolutely suck. Um, and then, yeah, thank we'll you have to a, everybody. We'll have an epic party! Uh, we'll put out a party episode next time. We'll have a pizza party when uh, the Sharks win their first game. If. No, they will eventually. Like they will. Like it's going to happen. No team. Go- no team ends a season with zero wins. They are going to win exactly. a game. And honestly, if they if they do, they don't deserve the first overall pick. They deserve to forfeit a first round pick because the league honestly might make them. They'll be like, you tank too hard. You lose a first. They they might do that. Okay. Um, just just uh, make all their players go into free agency and then give them an expansion draft. Do the. Yeah. Teams do the protections, just like let's get some players on this team. Oh, that's asking a single one. I, I can't believe that uh, the Sportsnet reporter after the Sharks lost to the Canucks 10 1 called them the, the Kansas City Scouts. That was deadly. That was the thing I was trying to think of. That's so bad.
1: But it's that's fair.
0: It's... But it's fair. Like I I heard it, I laughed so hard. I was like, that's the funniest thing. Yeah. Like that's so that's... good. That's almost as good as uh, the Coyotes just tweeting out, uh, imagine, imagine having the first overall pick and not picking Logan Cooley and then tagging yeah. the Canadians. Yeah, that was dude, savage. It, That shit was fire. Dude, the Coyotes are heating up. The desert is on fire right now. Um, hey, fun to see. Yeah, but thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of the Stick'Em Up podcast. Uh, We do upload um, at noon every Friday, so we didn't last Friday, but that was because one of us was gone um, partying with uh, everyone over in Tampa. Uh, Yeah, If you want to, again, follow us on our socials, as we keep saying, we're going to start posting on them. We might one day. I really can't promise you anything. But if you do want to follow them, you can over on Instagram and Twitter slash X. Um, It is both of them are at S-E-U hockey. Three simple letters, hockey. You can find us on there as we don't post anything. And with that, thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next one.